welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Joining me is Greg Brower, former FBI Assistant Director and former U.S. Attorney for Nevada. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Thank you. First, let me get your reaction to Lindsey Graham wanting to start an investigation into the Clinton campaign and AG Loretta Lynch and more. Well, as the the relatively new chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Graham is in a position to initiate uh, investigations of that type if he if he decides that should be a committee priority. But I would point out that the DOJ Office of Inspector General did a very comprehensive uh, inspection uh, investigation of uh, the uh, department's activities and the FBI's activities relative to the Clinton investigation and is uh, currently conducting, hasn't completed yet, an investigation of certain uh, uh, the, uh, the FISA warrants that related to the uh, background on the, the so-called Russia investigation. So there is quite a bit of investigative activity already and so we'll just have to see if senator graham decides that on top of all of that that a senate committee investigation is also warranted now let's turn to the summary done by the attorney general william barr he did a four-page summary over 48 hours after a two-year investigation with not even a full sentence quoting from the special counsel's report itself what are you confident that special counsel Mueller himself determined well, it appears uh, from the summary, and of course, uh, the, at least the Democrats on Capitol Hill have been and, and will continue to demand uh, production of the entire report, but it's clear from the four-page summary that the special counsel did not find sufficient evidence of any criminal wrongdoing to seek further indictments, including potential charges against the president. Uh, and so that's the good news for the president. What is is not clear, um, uh, but uh, but what the the letter suggests uh, and needs clarification are two things. One is that the letter quotes from, in part, the Mueller report in saying that the report uh, or the investigation did not exonerate the president. Everyone, of course, is wondering what what that means exactly, and that deserves some explanation. And then, secondly, the letter also appears to suggest that the special counsel uh, deferred to the attorney general with respect to making a final call on whether the president engaged in obstruction of justice. That has uh, raised a lot of questions in Washington because, of course, the special counsel's mandate was to conduct this investigation so that and make decisions relating to the investigation, including the outcome, uh, so that Trump appointees at DOJ would not be making those decisions. And so to the extent that the special counsel deferred to the AG on the obstruction issue, that, that is raising a lot of red flags. Greg, let's explore that a little further, because Mueller didn't subpoena the president, and the written questions that Trump and his lawyers provided at, related only to the time before he became president. Add to that that Barr and Mueller seem to have a different idea of what constitutes obstruction of justice. Could either of those factors have weighed into why Mueller didn't come to a conclusion about obstruction? They could. They certainly could. And we're just not going to, to know the, the answers to, 
to these questions until uh, Mr. Barr and Mr. Mueller explain themselves. And I, I suspect that that will probably happen in the form of a, of a congressional hearing at some point. I just don't think that that congressional Democrats will rest until they have received a full and most likely public explanation of all of these decisions uh, by those two. Now, everyone right now is saying we want everything to be released that can be released. It should all be out there, Republicans and Democrats. Uh, the president has said it, and the press secretary reiterated that. But when it comes down to it, we don't know who will object. If, they, if the president does object on executive privilege grounds in any respect, is that a hard battle for those who want the report to be revealed? Is that a hard battle for them or for the president? Well, I think it's it's tougher for the president. The you know executive privilege, like all privileges, is not absolute. It can be overcome uh, upon the showing of a compelling need, and I, I just think that the uh, because of the importance of of these issues and the high profile nature of them, th there's really no way to avoid a full airing of the special counsel's work uh, and his findings. Um, uh, indefinitely. At some point, I think uh, Congress, because most of the public uh, demands to know the details, will demand uh, a full airing, and that will likely include, I think, hearings and a full explanation. And look, like with any other investigation, if the investigator is confident, I'm sure that Mr. Mueller is, uh, he will, he should have no problem explaining his findings uh, with respect to uh, what he did and did not uh, find, and uh, that is likely to be the case sooner rather than later. So you think that big reveal, if I can call it that, will happen before the 2020 elections? Oh, I think so. I, I think this is going to come to a head relatively quickly, I think. I, I th you know, everything in Washington is political, and everything that is political is subject to negotiation, and so I, I just don't think it's tenable for the the details of this investigation, you know, with the exception of certain classified information and potentially grand jury information and information with respect to on, still ongoing investigations, the 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 gravamen, the the basic details of what the special counsel found and did not find will have to be aired publicly at some point. I also want to get your take on what standard did Barr use in determining that there was no obstruction? Did he use a reasonable doubt standard? Did he use a standard that he doesn't think a president can be prosecuted? Can you tell from his letter? It would appear from the letter that the issue of whether or not a sitting president can be charged with federal crimes was not the determining factor. Uh, which begs the question, what exactly was? And I just don't think we, we can tell from the letter. And that that is at least one of the reasons why there will be a demand uh, by at least half of the Congress uh, for the Attorney General to testify and explain his decision-making. That's simply not clear at this point. Let's turn now to the Southern District of New York and its investigation of Trump and his businesses, sometimes referred to as the Sovereign District, and we're hearing that a lot lately. But how much is the Southern District and the prosecutors allowed to go out on their own in investigating, and how much in coming to conclusions of who to prosecute? 
Well, the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office, just like every other uh, one of the nine, the other 92 U.S. Attorney's Offices around the country, has quite a bit of leeway in determining its priorities and how to conduct its investigations and whom to charge and whom not to charge. There are certain DOJ guidelines that govern every office, even the so-called Sovereign District of New York office. Mm -hmm. But those guidelines uh, and rules apply to a very narrow uh, set of types of, of cases and defendants. So for the most part, the Southern District is, is on its own to pursue the cases it wants to pursue and charge the defendants it wants to charge. It is, however, subject to some overall uh, department policies, such as the prevailing opinion within DOJ that a sit sitting president can't be charged. That's not something that's simply applied to the Mueller investigation. That would also apply to the Southern District and every other U U.S. Attorney's Office. I would add, though, that that is simply a prevailing opinion within DOJ, not a policy, certainly not a statute. I have no doubt that that the Attorney General intends to follow that guidance and, unless something unexpected would change, but that guidance would be binding on the Southern District. So what do you expect, besides hearing more about the Mueller report, what do you expect to hear of the different investigations? Do you expect one to pop up and have more prominence than the others? Well, the the new one out there is, of course, the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation. We we just uh, uh, saw a report of an indictment just a couple of weeks ago, so that one will will be interesting to watch, as well as the the New York State Attorney General uh, investigations on a, a range of of uh, conduct related to uh, the Trump organization. Uh, I. Those, I think, are the two key ones to watch because those investigations and those prosecutors are not in any way bound by DOJ policies or guidance. And so it, it's going to be interesting because it, it will be harder to predict exactly how they will turn out. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. That's Greg Brower. He's a former FBI assistant director and former U.S. attorney. Thanks so much, Greg, for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.